Hey, Wide Left Sports listeners, do I have an opportunity for you? The Billings American Legion is holding their annual Hall of Fame dinner Saturday, April 15th at the Doubletree Hotel here in Billings. And let me tell you, it is a great event. There's dinner guest speaker, which this year will be Bill Spaceman Lee, and a live auction. And the best part is every cent goes back to the boys and goes back to the Billings American Legion program. It is a great event that they hold yearly, and it is just a blast to go to. Tickets will be available soon, so be on the lookout at the Billings American Legion website. Again, that is April 15th at the Doubletree Hotel. Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today I am joined by Billings American Legion Hall of Fame inductee, Troy Trollope. How are you doing today? Doing great, Mitch. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So, you know, my first question is always kind of the same to everyone, depend or no matter what sport, but what made you fall in love with baseball? Well, I, I, I was uh, growing up, I kind of did a lot of different sports and uh, most of my friends um, were involved in sports, the, the kids in my neighborhood and stuff like that. And so I think that kind of got things kicked off for me and uh, thankful for a really good uh, little league program uh, at Veterans Park, uh, which kind of ties into um, having some relationships with uh, some of the other Hall of Famer here, all of Hall of Famers here, uh, Mike Studner, and those guys, uh, we, we started our careers together. Uh, Little Big Man Pizza and Flint Engineering going head to head. <laughs> so they'll remember that. That's so funny. You know, as I've been talking to a lot of the Hall of Famers, um, it, it is so funny how all of you guys are connected, no matter what age group you're from, because you're all fairly close, but you're all in a little bit different age groups. You're all connected. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's, it's almost... Uh, it's a brotherhood, I would say, you know, generationally, um, you know, Pat Hennessy and I have been friends for a, a long time, say, plus maybe 25 years, you know, uh, and later after, you know, baseball careers over, we played a little softball, rec softball together. So couldn't really give up the game. We both had a really um, just love the game for just the purity of it. And uh, I think the camaraderie, you know, I think uh, there's some really strong bonds that were built um, just competing together and against each other. For sure. So, you know, you obviously went through Legion playing for the Royals. What did it mean for you to put on that Royals uniform every game? Yeah, I'd like to take just a minute and thank the American Legion and the current board of directors, Jeff Ballard, uh, for providing opportunities for young men in the community. I know it's been, meant a lot in my life, the lessons that I've learned, um, just the opportunities that I've uh, been given because of this program. And I know it's not um, easy to provide that um, when you're on the board of, or board of directors and that kind of thing. So I do want to reach out and say thank you for that. Um, so it just, I think, I think there was a sense of pride and, I guess I really didn't understand it until I made the Royals and became a starter. 
Um, and it was after a, a league game early in our season. And I was walking off the field after, um, I don't know if we won or lost, <laughs> to be honest, but there was a whole group of little league boys and their coaches and and they kind of swarmed us players and asked for our autographs. And they, at, at that point, it kind of dawned on me that um, that was a special thing. It was a, a special responsibility to be able to represent baseball that way and American Legion baseball that way. For sure. Excuse me. So you yep. mentioned, you know, the lessons that Legion has taught or had taught you. What were some of those lessons that you carry on into your life even today? Well, I think I think the one that I that I, I probably um, carry the most with me is baseball's a offensive and a defensive game, and it's a team sport, but it's an individual sport, <laughs> so it's kind of unique that way. And so, obviously, you have great days um, both offensively and defensively. Um, there's days where you're struggling offensively, and um, you can take it upon yourself to kind of sacrifice and step out of the limelight, so to speak, and just put the extra um, effort into playing defense that day, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I think, I think just humility, uh, the game has a way of humbling you, you know, even when you feel like you're on top, um, you go into a slump. <laughs> right one of my coaches one time told me uh, I was in a pretty good slump for a while and struggling and and he said don't worry don't worry Trollop he says uh, slumps are like colds they last two weeks no matter what you do so <laughs> and it just kept me kept me thinking okay everybody's human and everybody's humbled by this but you can have the perseverance to work through this you know so mm -hmm. even in the kind of tougher times um, it gives you the uh, insight to stay focused. For sure. I mean, it's always so funny to me with baseball. I, it's got to be one of the few sports where you can be a 300 hitter and be one of the best in the, in the game. <laughs> right. And it's a kind of a game of failure, right? <laughs> so that's what they always say. Um, and I was, and I was blessed to be able to just be part of that. And, um, uh, humble enough to understand that um, I needed to learn and grow with the game and, and depend on my teammates and my coaches and trust them. For sure. So as you were coming out of high school, you got an amazing, I guess, accolade. I don't even know what to call it. You were drafted <laughs> into the MLB. Um, what was that whole process like? And when did you know that you were kind of on the major leagues like radar of the possibility of being drafted. Yeah. I, um, I, it wasn't until later that I really understood uh, the workings behind all of this, you know, that it, um, it wasn't just my effort that allowed that to happen. I, I owe a lot to uh, Mike Hennessy, Pat Hennessy's brother. He was kind of a, um, they call them bird dogs. They look for talent, right? And then they talk with uh, coat or uh, scouts in the major leagues and say, "Hey, you need to go come look at this kid," or that kind of thing. So that mm -hmm. that I do owe to Mike Hennessy and um, the UAS Rawlings tournament uh, was a big tournament in Billings um, and still still is. 
uh, it brought in teams from all over, which therefore brought other scouts, you know, and uh, college scouts and professional scouts. And um, I honestly um, didn't, didn't know I was at that level. I felt like I was playing well and I hope that I was humble and, and not, not proud and all those kind of things, but I was confident, mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't really feel like I was at that level. And um, you'll like this, Mitch, because uh, most of my students nowadays live with cell phones, right? Right. So they, so they would get uh, notified through a text or something like that. I got notified through a telegram. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, I remember my father coming in and um, from the mailbox that, that morning and uh, he handed it to me and I'm like, what's this all about? He, he obviously didn't open it or anything, but he was curious because <laughs> he was one of my biggest fans and he was always, um, you know, supporting me and we'd talk and that kind of thing. So opening that and it said uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates select you in the 34th round to uh, consider a um, contract to play Major League Baseball. And I was like, wow. Right. <laughs> and so that was a pretty amazing thing. Uh, and that's why I think, you know, like American Legion, the, the board of directors, all that, those, those guys do amazing work, guys and gals, sorry, uh, do amazing work in providing that opportunity, you know, for our young right. men in the, in the community, not only, not only athletically, but to develop as, as good people, you know? Oh, so. for sure. Um, so then after you got drafted, you ended up going to Bellevue Community College and then Whitworth. So where did those two schools kind of come in and how did going JUCO help you to get a four year and how did it help you, I guess, academically and baseball wise? Yeah, that was, it was twofold. Um, the, the Pittsburgh scout that um, drafted me, uh, his name is Larry D'Amato. Uh, kind of hung out in the Pacific Northwest, right? That was his region, and um, he kind of, kind of, almost talked me into um, coming out to that side of the country. And uh, you know, for a Montana boy, uh, that was that was a big change for me. Uh, the population, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, so there was a little bit of an adjustment period my freshman year, and but those those uh, um, lessons that I had learned in American Legion, the perseverance, um, you know, the work ethic, put in the extra, right, treat mm -hmm. people right, do the right thing. Those those things um, came through my freshman year out there and really helped me to um, develop right? And become successful. I became a starter uh, 10 games into uh, my freshman year and uh, started in center field. So that was pretty prestigious, I thought, because that's your best outfielder, supposedly, right? Right. Yeah. So, so it was an honor for me to take that. Uh, I had to earn it. There was a sophomore that, you know, uh, we battled daily and, and we respect each other today but uh, pretty fierce competition there. So that I think helped to develop my um, athleticism and just my uh, 
my integrity as a baseball player, I guess. Mm-hmm. So then as my sophomore year came on, um, um, was a leader and a team captain, and I won the batting title, hit 425. So at the end of the year, and so I was pretty, I was pretty happy with myself, right? Um, but again, tried not to be too proud, proud, and and keep the humility there. And so I thought Bellevue uh, gave me that athletically. That uh, the NWAC conference was uh, extremely competitive, um, and Bellevue won it five years in a row. So, wow. yeah, so we were we were a pretty solid group of guys. The it was pretty um, high class. What I mean by that is there was about 25 guys on our team and 10 of them were drafted in the top 30 rounds or higher. So we wow. had a pretty solid squad. <laughs> so very, very unique company to be there. Um, at the end of the Bellevue uh, era there, I just, I was looking for another four-year college to go to. I just didn't feel ready to go to minor leagues. And they were asking me to go to Florida and play in the league like that. And I was, I was like, that's a long ways from Montana. (laughs) (laughs) So a little, little hesitant there as far as the development there. So I was looking around and uh, Whitworth college kind of popped into my radar there. And I went, I went for a visit and it was very comfortable there and um, very small environment. And so Whitworth, um, I uh, played, I got, I was kind of a, I came in and I, I played right away. So I was contributing baseball wise um, right away. So that was comfortable fit for me as a transition. And then mm-hmm. I got interested in athletic training and, and teaching as a career and, as, and coaching. And um, so I started pursuing that academically and um, there, uh, my head trainer there, Russ Richardson, uh, excellent guy great leader um he was a role model of mine and i tried to emulate what he was doing um both you know just as a as a leader and as a trainer and uh he taught me a lot of of great things about that and about life right right Um, so and then uh to finish up my whitworth career there i um we lost we lost out to Hawaii Hilo in the, in the regionals, took second in the regionals. Uh, so that was, that was a heartbreaker, but it was five to four. So pretty good game. So no, no regrets there, you know, so. For sure. So now you are teaching and personal training out at Skyview. So what has it been like to, as we talked before, you know, kind of share your experiences with the new generation of athletes that are coming through Skyview. Yeah, I, I've been, I was, uh, when I got notified, I was going to be in the hall of fame. It it started a, a kind of a path of reminiscence, you know, you can't help but to pull out the uh, old photographs and kind of go through the thoughts. And really it made me think about, the impact that my coaches, my teachers, my trainers had on me um, growing up. And um, even in, even in the tough times, they were there to support me. Right. And then um, uh, get me back, 
on the right path if I was if I was uh, <laughs> heading off the wrong way. <laughs> and they were gentle about it, and they were, um, I think, uh, opened my eyes to how how to, how it is to to do things the right way and how to treat people. Um, and I think it's real easy as athletes to become overconfident, mm -hmm. right? And not, not treat everyone with respect, you know? And so, um, that was one of the things and emphasis in my, my thinking growing up was, you know, even though people looked at me as kind of lifted me up or idolized me, so to speak, um, I wanted to treat them with respect, you know, and that um, they had worth and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and, I, and I see that in a lot of our athletes at Skyview and, and uh, in American Legion, and I'm really proud of that. Um, they, they treat people well. I've seen, I've seen people, uh, athletes, you know, after a tough loss, they go over and help, help their teammate or their opponent up right mm -hmm. uh, on the football field for example or even recently with the wrestling um we had a kid paulo salmon and great great wrestler and had every reason to, to be overconfident but he's the most humble guy I've, I've been around and so i'm really proud of him for um investing in his younger teammates in a way that um will you know, carry on as a legacy, right? Right. And, and they'll carry, they'll pass that on and remember that, you know. So uh, that's what I, that's what I see um, at Skyview. I like, you know, I like to be on the <laughs> field with those guys and gals um, when they're competing because I, I know the ups and downs. And I'm really proud of how they respond to both adversity and, and winning. You know, you got to learn how to win. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't need to jump around and you know go crazy and that kind of thing you can be satisfied that you know you are successful and respect your opponent you know and so starting to see that quite a bit around around skyview so proud of that that's awesome so every coach kind of has their i'm going to call it an ism something that they always say Yep. What are some of your favorites from your coaches and what have you brought into your training now that you kind of say to your, your students, you know, is your thing that you say to everyone? Yeah. I, there's, <laughs> I think uh, my favorite, my favorite one comes from uh, a coach that we, I've known him for 35 years now, Todd Birch. Um, he always says, um, uh, how do you want to be recognized today? Right. And I thought about that for a while and I was like, Oh, that, that means it matters how you carry yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like how are people going to remember you five years from now or at your 10 year reunion, <laughs> you know, <laughs> those kind of things. Uh, when they think of Troy Trollop, what, what do you want them to think? Right. And so you have to act accordingly. Right. That's what that told me. I'm not sure if that's what he meant, <laughs> but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he was trying to motivate me to think about, you know, leading others and how my actions on the field and off the field uh, affected others and and the uh, the team. 
you know. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate him for that. Um, I'm not sure if I have one that I I can think of. I'm sure if you talk to my athletes, they they'd all come <laughs> up with three or four right away. But I'm I'm kind of at a loss right now. But I I do say this about injuries. Um, you know, it's it's a tough time for a lot of athletes and. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking of this one kid, uh, tore his ACL and his, uh, season was over and we both kind of knew it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, he says, he says to me, you know, so my season's over. And I said, yeah, I said, but don't let this injury define you. Let how you respond to this injury define you, you know? And so I think that's an important message. So that's probably my, uh, trollopism, <laughs> Um, and I use that quite a bit and, and it seems to make sense, um, because, you know, in an injury situation like that, they have, they have a lot of work to do to, to recover and get back to whatever they want to do, whether that's getting back to sports or, or just, um, getting back to a normal life. Right. Right. Um, so some choose not to do that, but, um, so I, I, I take that as an extreme honor that they would even um, look to me for wisdom and counseling, right? So I'm very proud of that. And um, um, I'm glad that I'm glad that people trust me enough to, to do that. So that's where it's got gotten, gotten me into my life here. So. That's awesome. So what is your favorite baseball memory that you've been able to tell your kids? Oh man, I got I have so many. I had a hard time on this one, but you know what? I came down to uh, my my favorite memory. I have to say is the old Cobb Field scenery, <laughs> and I was like, "Huh," because I had so many memories that were centered around that. Mm -hmm. um, probably one is I met my wife there. <laughs> Sorry, Coach. <laughs> You're not going to like this, but um, I used to go up into the batting on deck circle and she used to throw sunflower seeds through the fence at <laughs> me to try to get my attention. <laughs> and um, I was so focused, right? I was, you know, because Coach Birch told me got to stay focused. And um, so interesting enough. So that kind of you know, we met there and it's been a 30 year marriage. That's been unbelievable. So that one, but baseball memory. Um, my favorite one is 1986, 17 year old standing in center field, looking back at Cobb field stadium. And it was completely full. Wow. A Royal Scarlet game. And <clears throat> I was impressed. I was nervous. Right. Uh, looking around, I'm like, oh, man, everyone's watching us. Right. <laughs> and that was impressive enough. But then they started bringing chairs down on the on the ends on the first base side and the third base side. There was open stairwells. So they started bringing chairs down and lining them up next to the batting cages. So they, they estimated there was probably around 5000 people at that game. And I was like, wow, this is fun. <laughs> and we played the Scarlets uh, to an 11 inning, um, one zero loss for the Royals, right? Mm -hmm. sacri sacrifice fly play at the plate from me, 
<laughs> so Todd Wilson hit a medium fly ball with a guy on third, one out, and tried to make the throw to the plate. And close play, good dust, everything, safe, right? Wow. So pretty amazing for, for a 17-year-old to uh, experience that, you know. And um, I think I think that helped me to understand – you know, the level of play and, and the quality of program that I was in, you know, just to understand, uh, that, uh, that many people in Billings supported us, um, came to watch that crosstown rivalry. There wasn't, um, back then there wasn't a lot of like trash talking, you know, uh, we, we competed hard against each other and, mm. But after the game, it was I had as many Scarlet friends as I did Royals friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I and I still do to this day, you know, um, cherish those those friendships and relationships that I've gotten from American Legion. So that's probably my go to there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And then, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but my final question is what does it mean overall to be an inductee for the American Legion? Yeah. First, first of all, I'd like to just take a quick second and, and congratulate all the other um, nominees to the class of 2023. Uh, I consider all of them great friends and comrades. Right. And um, it's an honor to be considered among them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you're, recognized for your ability but uh probably more importantly uh, the person that you become right because of your experience with that uh and i i respect these players and the ones that have gone before me in the hall of fame tremendously and so i i consider it a great honor you know just to to be counted right um and um I, I I think it's I think it's just more important to that the recognition from the people that you respect, right? Um, they not only honor your like I said your your athletic ability and your ability to play baseball, but the person that you become, which kind of validates all of your hard work. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, so I think that's probably the thing about the hall of fame that is, is very, very cool and interesting to me. And like I said, just look at the the quality of people that you're, you're in there with, you know? And so that's a great honor. For sure. Well, Troy, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for coming on and sharing your baseball story and look forward to you being inducted on April 15th. Thanks, Mitch. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Hey guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports, and do I have a company I would love to highlight for you? It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person. Once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And, I mean, 
Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, so yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs. <laughs>